0: This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com.
1: To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown!
0: Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report.
1: Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. like a torpedo. He came flying into the backfield, going for Hopkins. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins!
0: The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com
1: slash podcasts here we go this is it caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10 touchdown oh baby how's that feel here's
0: Craig Grealoux Mike Jarecki and Bertrand Berry
2: so I think it's safe to say we have definitely hit the dog days of summer here. The end of June, July right around the corner. And yes, that means training camp is right around the corner as well. Hope to get more details on that, MJ, in the days and weeks to come because now I think people are starting to get a little anxious. They, they, they want to see this team. They've heard about it. Maybe they've seen some highlights. But now you want to see it in person. Knock on wood, that's exactly what will happen come training camp at State Farm Stadium. Fans in attendance to watch the 2021 Cardinals get ready for the upcoming season.
3: The impression I get, though, is the NFL would like to have like a March Madness. Now, two teams playing in the Hall of Fame game probably will go a little bit early, but 30 teams could report on July 27th. We'll just wait for the official schedule to come out.
2: The NFL B-Train has done wonders as far as turning certain events, i.e. the schedule release, into an all-day event, maybe even several days. So it would make sense that perhaps training camp is next on that table. Do you like that idea where basically it's open up the gates and everyone goes through at once?
4: Yeah, I like it as as... Uh, an event, but I'm not sure if I would ever want it to be at midnight. I don't want to do anything uh, at midnight. Uh, midnight Madness, that, that idea does not sound great. There's only a few things in the world I want to be doing at midnight and playing football is not one of them.
2: I forget, B-Train's an early riser. He you know, goes to bed, probably what, at your age, B-Train, you're what, in bed by nine, up at four? Easy, easy,
4: Greg, easy. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm about a 10, 10, 30, 11 type of guy. Let's, let's keep it at that. Fair
2: enough. All right. This week's edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Let's see if we can't poke the bear a little bit more here as we talk about B-Train's favorite position, and that would be quarterback, in particular the Cardinals' starting quarterback, Kyler Murray going into year three. And I think B-Train, and it's not just us, Kyler Murray, when he spoke during minicamp, understands it as well. He certainly puts a lot of pressure on himself, more so than anyone else could put on his own shoulders. But a big season, year three, same offensive system. We've seen improvement through year one and year two. Now it has to be postseason. People want to see this team advance past the regular season.
4: That's the next progression. We've seen him from a statistical standpoint get better from year one to year two, and and we've seen players around him get better from year one to year two. But now, as a leader, as a quarterback, you've got to get this team to the playoffs. You've got to get them to extra football, and and that is the true sign of progression for Kyler Murray. And I think it's unfair to put it all on Kyler because the rest of the roster is going to have to do their part in order for them to get there. But when you talk about how a team fares, you're going to put a lot of the blame necessarily or unnecessarily at the quarterback position. And I think for him, he understands that. He accepts that challenge. And now it's just a matter of going out there and and having – his teammates do everything that they can to help him, but they all collectively understand that they're gonna go as far as number one takes them.
2: It's a good point, MJ, because yes, it is the most important position on the field, yet there are ten other players that you perform with on the offensive side, then there's eleven on defense and don't forget about special teams. Yet it is the quarterback position that gets the most pub and gets the most discussion.
3: And rightfully so. I, I think if you take, you know, all the four majors, I think the quarterback position is probably the most important. You're on the, you know, you touch the ball every single down and you're usually talking 65, 70 snaps a game. You know, you look around the league and that's why I think we're all intrigued and excited about year number three for Kyler Murray. We know Patrick Mahomes basically played in the last week of his rookie season at they clinched a playoff berth. You know, Lamar Jackson's had the same coordinator in Greg Roman. You look at Josh Allen; he's been in the same system with Brian Dable, and then Baker Mayfield the first year with uh, Freddie Kitchens, and now he's the second year with uh, Kevin Stefanski. And all those arrows are pointing in the right direction. So, again, it's it's also play calling; it's also execution. So, you know, I know that Cliff would like to run four out wide receivers out, but again, you got to win at the line of scrimmage. So. I think they realize what's at stake, but you definitely want to see that jump and and we look at the win total. This team has to win double digits this year. Yes, there's another game, but you want to get to at least 10 or 11, and now you're in that playoff picture.
2: No question there's been more talent surrounding Kyler Murray this off season, And if you talk with general manager Steve Keim, which Darren Urban did recently for an article on azcardinals.com, asked about Kyler Murray. Keim quotes, I would say my confidence at the position, and in general, it is a real high And I think that serves notice to not only Kyler Murray but to everyone else that, look, you are under a rookie contract. You are able to do as an organization right now something that not a lot of other teams are able to do, and that is take advantage of a position that certainly makes its money late but right now is very affordable and that is what we've seen be trained over this offseason is the number of pieces both sides of the ball offense and defense that have been added to help supplement Kyler Murray to get this team to the next step
4: and I love it I love the fact that they're taking advantage and, and I think a lot of people look at the economics of the NFL and, and how teams are built from a contract standpoint this is the time to, to take those chances and to bring in that help to help a rookie or to help a quarterback under a rookie contract to stockpile the talent to to make sure that there are very few holes that he has to make up for. And he says that this is a talented team, and and if he feels good about it, then he understands that he's going to have to do his part. The organization to this point has done what they're supposed to do, and now it's just a matter of seeing results on the field. So there's a lot of anticipation Rightfully so, on this team, and I think there's going to be a certain expectation and a certain amount of excitement that goes along with watching the Cardinals in 2021.
2: And hopefully some lessons learned from last season, and specifically how much this team relied on Kyler Murray to run the football in order for the offense to be successful. And that kind of coincided when you look back at last year, the first half of the season, the offense was rolling. Then all of a sudden, Kyler Murray got hit, hurt that shoulder, and he and the offense wasn't the same again. Murray discussed that during minicamp. You know, my, my leg should be a luxury, and, and it, it kind of wasn't like that last year. It was kind of me having to run for us, and um, once, you know, my shoulder was banged up or whatever and I wasn't trying to uh, put myself out there and take those hits and stuff like that, we kind of took a law, you know, hit a law. You know, I, honestly, I think it was good for us. Uh, you know, I think it was a lesson for us that, you know, we, we can't be one-dimensional. Uh, we just got to be better in all, all areas, all aspects of the game.
3: Last year, 133 rushes, 819 rushing yards. 11 touchdowns. He did have 52 first downs. He averaged about 6.2 yards per carry. Now, over the his two first two years in the season, it's close to 1,363 yards, 15 touchdowns. But, again, there are times when you want to see him run for a first down. I think he's gotten smarter, you know, trying to get to the sideline, sticking the ball out to get a first down. You know, when you watch the, the Buffalo game, which, you know, because we'll, we'll get into one of the top plays of the year, they needed him to run in that game. So uh, you don't want to take it away, but the, clearly over the last two years, towards the end of the season, he's had a, either a hamstring or a shoulder injury, and it's definitely affected the throwing and I think Cliff had to call the game a little bit different to protect Kyler Murray.
2: The numbers B-Train would suggest in the past two years that Kyler Murray has to run for the Cardinals and the offense to be successful. Last year, the Cardinals went 8-2 and two when Murray had at least eight touches or at least eight carries. 12-4 and four is the record over those two seasons. Yet at the same time, I understand what Kyler is saying here. Look, don't make me the focal point. Let me supplement the offense so this can be a little bit more dynamic and not as simple as it would appear from the outside
4: he understands that as a, as a smaller guy and even as a quarterback that's not his primary job description to run the football and you see a team like the Baltimore Ravens who depend on their quarterback to run the ball in a similar fashion they don't have the long-term success i.e super bowl so the teams that have actually hoisted the trophy still do it in a traditional sense and he understands that that's going to be a winning formula. Now, if he has that ability to go out there and, and have some plays where he can keep the defense honest, then, of course, you're all for that. But he understands that the, the tried-and-true method of winning championships from an offensive standpoint is still to be able to deliver the ball downfield from the quarterback position. And those guys are, are not running backs. They're They're good athletes, but they're not running backs. So you don't want to expose him to injury too much, and and we, we see when he goes down, this team definitely doesn't operate at the same uh, level of, 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 of uh, efficiency. So you, you want to make sure that, that Kyler's on the field for all 17 games, and the best way to do that is to have him throw the ball as opposed to run with it.
3: Yeah, you look at it from you know a Kyler Murray standpoint. I mean, we know that he likes to throw it, and he's got more weapons. He said this. He, this is his words. He likes the wide receiver core. Uh, you know, probably from one to six, bringing in AJ Green. He spoke highly of him. He said people are sleeping on. Kind of paraphrasing here. So um, the weapons are there. Now that stat that you gave, they were eight and two when this team scores twenty four points a game.
2: Yes, and that's kind of the correlation that if Kyler Murray is doing his thing and then the offense overall is humming along, yet you certainly don't want Kyler Murray. Again, if if everyone is doing their job, then Kyler can kind of do a little bit of both and keep that defense honest. And I think that is what the maybe the message is this offseason as far as going into year three to take this offense to the next level, to get this team into the postseason. Year three, we're going to hear a lot about it. It's already started. Cliff Kingsbury talked about Murray's potential and a big jump coming up this season.
0: I know he's been working uh, really hard uh, this offseason to try and take that, that big jump. I thought, you know, not having an offseason last year, rolling into season two, he, he made huge strides and, and we expect him to make Uh, the same this season. He definitely is very confident right now. Uh, He's mastered our system. Um, You can see, you know, the leadership qualities continue to emerge. And and so we're all just really excited to to have him here and, and watch where this thing can go with him as our leader.
2: Wasn't much of an offseason this year, B-Train, but more so than a year ago where we saw nothing. And there was nothing but a week of OTAs, a week of mini camp. DeAndre Hopkins in attendance, A.J. Green in attendance, everyone here on the offensive end. It's a little bit, but I do think it serves this team well going into training camp to where things aren't brand new and maybe you're not teaching things all over again.
4: I really believe that there is – uh, there, there's there's youthfulness when you start talking about uh, off-season camps, mini camps, those type of things. You maybe don't need as many as you've had in the past, but they do serve a purpose. And I do think that off-season workouts are, are key to be able to develop that camaraderie, be around the guys, and, and knowing that everybody's getting better, getting stronger and faster. And then once you're able to put it out there and, and organize team activities, or or many as they would say then it gives you an opportunity to to get a feel for it and then you're not starting all the way from ground zero once you get on the field for real practices so you don't have to have as many but I do think that there is an advantage in having some practices where you can especially for the younger guys if it's a new system you can get in you can get some of those reps and you can ask those questions before it, it, it starts to matter for real and and you don't want to be asking those questions uh, the closer you get to real football. So the the offseason presents a perfect opportunity to ask those questions and to, to make those mistakes that you, wouldn't, that you wouldn't normally make in the regular season.
3: Well, let's go back to the, the rookie season. They really didn't want to show their offense. We all, 32 games under Kingsbury, we got an idea what the offense is going to look like. So him giving a chance to play in the preseason with the starters, going against the number ones on the other side. And if you want to dig a little bit deeper when it comes to his rushing yards, 1136 are yards before contact.
2: So he is getting the job done, looking at the defense and realizing that he can make up some yards. And then, as we've said, he knows how to protect himself. By the way, the high point of last season, the Week 10 win over the Buffalo Bills, which is playing as we speak on the NFL Network, the Hale-Murray up for best play at this year's ESPYs. You can go to ESPN.com slash ESPYs to vote, vote early, and vote often. Again, ESPN.com slash ESPYs. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
4: it again baby we back at it again bird game let's get it it's that time
0: baby it's that time it's kind of like that in the first day of school you know just getting back out there i love it
2: i had to come back here man i had something to prove i mean we have more weapons than i can ask for the things coming out clean today
0: 18 you can still really go what
4: we got here today is the third annual o-line cook-off
0: Nobody works harder than Dennis. I don't think there was anybody that had a concern that he would bounce back. The injury is just
1: an opportunity
0: to prove how bad I want it
1: now, now that I got my taste. I like that we got hungry guys, man. A hungry dog always runs faster.
2: A small taste, if you will, of what to expect later this week. The Emmy Award winning series Cardinals Flight Plan Episode 3, titled Winning Recipe, drops on July 1st at 7pm. You go to youtube.com slash azcardinals hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of these episodes. Again, this is Episode 3, so before July 1st, gentlemen, just go back, watch Episodes 1 and 2 again on the Arizona Cardinals official YouTube page YouTube.com slash AZ Cardinals. A lot of interesting nuggets in that. And I think we're going to have to go first and foremost because it is The title of this episode, B-Train, Winning Recipe. We heard Chase Edmonds talk about hungry dogs. And then there was DJ Humphreys discussing the third annual O-Line cook-off, something that I didn't realize that this was an annual thing. I've never been invited. I'm really disappointed in all that. Uh, B-Train, did you get an invitation to this O-Line cook-off, perhaps maybe as a judge, and you just didn't let us in on this secret?
4: No, my invitation must have got lost in the mail because I didn't get one either. But I'm telling you, if I would have been there, I definitely would have made sure that I tried every single thing. And even though my my selection is is limited to some of the things that I eat nowadays, I would have found a way to at least have a taste and and really see what these guys are are, are talking about because there's a lot of guys that claim that they can cook. But when, when the rubber meets the road, a lot of those guys, you know, they're really just selling wolf tickets. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what they're really all about.
2: This is probably not a very good talking point here, considering it is the lunchtime hour. But uh, let's just dive right in, B Train. All right. If you are going to take a, a, a participate in a defensive cookoff, what are you bringing to kind of uh, set the table, if you will, and, and make sure that no one surpasses what B Train is either barbecuing, baking? I mean, what are you bringing to the table?
4: I'm bringing barbecue. You know, I'm from Texas, so, you know, barbecue is what we do. And it's going to be probably some, some quarters, you know, with some legs and thighs. And, and uh, I have to bring the secret sauce out. I'm not going to share the ingredients because, you know, I'd, I'd have to eliminate you altogether. Fair uh, enough. I gave away the family secrets. But uh, <laughs> I would definitely make sure that I, I brought my chicken quarters and uh, I, I put them up there against anything else that anybody would, would have on display
2: secret sauce b train. secret sauce that uh, I, I maybe see some uh, marketing in the in the future for that uh, b train perhaps maybe <laughs>
4: <laughs> maybe I mean you know if, if, if the price is right you know I, I, I may be able to divulge it but uh, for anything less than the right price no I'd, I'd have to eliminate it if I told you the
3: to secret do I don't think you can go wrong with brisket uh, maybe some ribs you got to have some side dishes so
2: yeah yeah, I'm getting hungry. Exactly. Already. This was a this was a terrible idea. But hey, you know what? It's not a terrible idea? Episode three of the Cardinals flight plan episode coming up on July seventh excuse me, July 1st, 7 p.m. on the official YouTube page of the Arizona Cardinals. Go to youtube.com/slash AZ Cardinals. But some other interesting items in that little teaser. We heard more from Kyler Murray talking about the weapons, MJ, that he has now at his disposal. And then uh, excuse me, Cliff Kingsbury. Sorry. Talking about number 18, that's AJ Green. Quote, he can go. And I think that is what we all anticipate. New season, fresh starts. Leaving Cincinnati, coming to a brand new conference, brand new division, and maybe now all of a sudden not being that focal point as a wide receiver. He's got some. He's got someone on the other side by the name of DeAndre Hopkins that can take some attention away.
3: And I think if you look at it, I mean, the fact that Kyler Murray is on board with the receivers, I think. I think you look at the top four receivers, and I still think Keyshawn Johnson. You know, right now it's probably number five. You know, I don't know that for sure. Just looking at you know where they line up in in the open portion, but you know, just having a veteran like A.J. Green, and we know that he played with three different quarterbacks last year, get a little frustrating there. And you know, it was time for a change, just like it was time for a change for J.J. Watt. So you got a legitimate number two receiver. They've been searching for that ever since. Maybe Fitz's numbers weren't uh, as up as they normally were, or he wasn't targeted as much. And then Christian Kirk, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He he knows that, you know, he's going to be a free agent. So he's not only playing for the Cardinals, he's also putting film out there. And then the addition of Rondell Moore. So, you know, I like the skilled position players, but I like that they got some veteran presence and then some young players and then a guy that's been in the league three or four years in Christian Kirk.
2: Green will be 33 at the start of the season B train, but you're talking about a seven-time Pro Bowler, three-time second-team All-Pro, yet he has always been the guy when he was with the Cincinnati Bengals. He doesn't have to be the guy with the Arizona Cardinals. He just has to be a part of this offensive juggernaut we hope to see this season. And I think he's very excited about that fact that maybe he doesn't get that other team's number 1 corner. Maybe it's the second or third corner that he's matched up against.
4: I think he's excited about the whole situation. I think he's excited about the teammates that he's going to be playing with and, and going to have a legit chance to play some real postseason football and actually have a chance to advance in the postseason. And he sees the talent just like everybody else. And as an aging veteran, you just want to be in a situation where you feel like you have a legit chance to go out there and win a championship. And I think he understands that and whatever he has to do to – Feel the need for this team, I think he's going to be willing to do at this stage in his career because he's had all the individual accolades that you could ask for. He's been considered one of the top players, one of the top receivers, but now I think he understands that his legacy is going to be based on titles. And if he gets a title, then that's going to uplift his legacy uh, that much more. So At this point, he's willing to do whatever, and I think that's a great place to be if you're the Cardinals' offense because now you're getting a guy that is not just going to give you effort on the field, but he understands that if he does his part and fits into this, this system, then everybody is going to have the success that they want and not just the individual.
3: Being able to watch some of the drills, I mean, he's kind of a long strider, but he's able to get off press coverage. He's really good on the back shoulder fade. He still can get the 50 50 balls. And Murray has the arm strength where he can get by, you know, a DB unless you got over the top safety help. So I still think he could be productive. Is it 50 catches? But, you know, I'm curious to see how they're going to approach with DeAndre Hopkins. We know he lines up the X receiver on the left side. And then when teams started bracketing Murray to keep him in the pocket, they started moving him around. You wonder, is that going to be starting in week one where you start moving Hopkins around? Clearly, he's going to draw the number one corner. So if you start moving around, teams playing the zone, you're going to get different matchups. But I I do think A.J. Green, just like J.J. Watt, you know, practicing on grass, playing on one of the best surfaces in the NFL at State Farm Stadium. You know, they can also go in the bubble when it's hot out. So I I think body-wise these guys are excited to be in Arizona.
2: This new episode of Flight Plan again, July 1st, 7pm Episode 3, Winning Recipe is the title. You get an update on Dennis Gardek's rehab from an ACL injury. He is certainly confident, and I think the team is, that he will be back sooner rather than later. You also heard in that teaser Robert Alford, who is someone that is certainly easy to root for considering everything that he's been through B-Train. And here's someone that I just, I, I I want to hit that fast forward button and get to week one just to see Alford on the field wearing that number 23 in a Cardinals uniform regardless of who he's matched up against but just to see him in a Cardinals uniform there was so much promise so much excitement when he was signed in 2019 and now hopefully in 2021 we finally get to see it
4: and as a guy who had multiple injuries and multiple seasons I can definitely relate to him and I just hope that he's able to, to hold up the entire season and, and he can show exactly why they brought him here in the first place. Cause so the last thing that you want to do is, is be unavailable. And we always say the best ability is availability. And, and unfortunately he hasn't been that while he's been a member of the Arizona Cardinals. So I know he's chomping at the bit to show that he can be a viable piece on the defensive side. And you, you just, you, you just brute him because you, you understand how frustrating it is and how much work it is just to get your body back to that, position where you can actually go out there and and play the game, so I know he's worked his tail off the last couple years hadn't really had the results that he wanted so I'm hoping he comes out and and has a really big year from start to finish.
2: We heard Vance Joseph talk about Alford, Buda Baker very high on what he's seen from Baker on the field during OTAs and minicamp, and then recently on the Big Red Rage, cornerbacks coach Greg Williams talked up Alford.
1: You guys saw Robert Alford from a, a training camp standpoint Uh, Over the last two years, Uh, we were expecting big things from him each of the last two years just from his performance and what he brings from a tenacity level to to our team and to our secondary. I mean, this guy is is energy in a bottle. You know what I mean? If if you're ever around him, he is always on. He's a dog in the epitome of the word.
2: He is always on, always talking, MJ, and I think that is something that we'd like to see because that energy that he provides, much like a Buda Baker, you feed off of that, and if you can have that on the field, I think it just makes this defense a whole lot better if you can count on Robert Alford this season.
3: Well, he also is very physical at the line of scrimmage. He does a little little trash talk and you know, kind of competition, but I think it's important that he, to see some live reps from him because he hasn't had that in the last two years now. You know, depending on what side he's on, he could cover Hopkins or, or, in this case, A.J. Green, but also get him in the preseason. I know we want to put him in bubble wrap, but it is football. But he needs some live reps. You know, in the Cardinals at the times, that they'll just have their corners going against the receivers. So that will give him another opportunity. But he's got to knock some of that rust off from a standpoint he hasn't seen
2: live football. He was talking about Alford, released, re-signed two days later, and mentioned, and we heard the story initially from Cliff Kingsbury, and then we heard it from Alford as well. Quote, I had to come back here. I had something to prove. There is, again, B-Train, we talk about the expectations that media and fans put on teams and players, but for players themselves, the expectation is always high, correct?
4: No doubt. You have to have confidence in yourself. You wouldn't get to this point if you didn't believe in yourself and and that that's that's the key to any great player they have to believe it first before you even step on the field so the mental aspect of the game is so important to make sure that you believe that you belong there and then you actually believe that you can go out and be the best of the best so uh how you think of yourself is always going to be important whether we're talking football or any walk of life i mean you have to believe in yourself
2: first and foremost Episode 3 of the Emmy Award winning series Cardinals Flight Plan premieres this Thursday via the Cardinals YouTube channel. Flight Plan brings you behind the scenes of the Cardinals featuring exclusive footage and interviews. Again, youtube.com slash AZ Cardinals, 7 p.m. this coming Thursday. And also, team up with the Cardinals and State Farm by donating a backpack filled with school supplies for students in need in the Tempe Elementary School District. Support your virtual back-to-school drive from now through July 9th. Visit azcardinals.com slash back-to-school that's azcardinals.com back the number two school. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. When we come back, more discussion about the offense and perhaps a pass-catching position that might be overlooked. We'll discuss the tight ends on the other side. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry every Tuesday at 11 a.m. The Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
1: Goal to four. Two tight ends to the right. Snap to Murray. And he pulls it back. Throws to the left to Max Williams. Caught. And he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Welcome back. Max Williams, such a key guy for this Cardinal team in the passing game and in the run game. And the Cardinals, after that great run by Kyler Murray on third and nine, get into the end zone.
2: Win healthy. Max Williams certainly a valuable piece to the Arizona Cardinals offense as we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Rio, Mike Jarecki and Bertram Berry the second half of this week's show talking about the tight end position. Everyone focuses on quarterback, running back, wide receiver but the tight end and the question here MJ is just how much is the tight end going to be part of this Kingsbury offense in year three? Max Williams yes when healthy is very very good. Darrell Daniels, more of a blocker. And then there's a lot of question marks, a lot of youth, lots of uh, raw talent, if you will. We've heard discussion about looking to add to this position at some point, maybe ahead of training camp or during training camp. But I'll just go back that, you know, we focus on the tight end, but how many times is Kyler Murray going to be looking the tight end?
3: Well, I think number one is is you got two guys that can block and I think Daniels has improved in that area. I'm not saying they both can't catch the ball, but I think you, know, you don't want to tip your hand if they're going to try to load the box and, and Cardinals are going to try to protect the quarterback, have one of those guys release. Now last year, Dan Arnold played 469 snaps, about 41%. Darrell Daniels 365 and then Max Williams 326. So somebody's going to have to replace Dan Arnold's snaps. Now he was more of a pass-catching tight end and if I had a guess, that's who they're going to try to go out and get. You want to get him in camp probably the first couple of weeks unless you want, you're you looking at somebody else's roster and he could become available. So I do think they're going to run a lot of uh, 12 personnel. I know that you know, people talk about 10 personnel, four wide, but 11 and 12 personnel seems like their base offense, and they can utilize play action out of that. Um, but again, I think pass catching tight end, how many targets does he get per game? That remains to be
2: seen. Tight ends B-train had six touchdowns last season, four by Dan Arnold, and now he is no longer on the team. How much, I wouldn't say a concern, but how much do you think the tight end needs to be upgraded as we speak ahead of this season?
4: I really feel like you have enough talent. It's just a matter of coaching them up and, and making sure that they're they're all healthy. And able to come in and, and make a contribution on the team I mean we talk about Max Williams he's a guy that if given the opportunity I think he can make a difference it's just a matter of, of having the, the, the plays design and, and those those guys actually putting themselves in positions to catch the ball from Kyler Murray and, and I don't think that he's uh, neglecting that position or, or not intentionally throwing at that position but you, you've got to make yourself a target. And those are some of the bigger receivers that you're going to find on the field. So I think the guys that are here are going to have to put themselves in a position to where they can make themselves viable options by creating that space that Kyler can get them the ball safely and out of harm's way.
2: Williams missed seven games last season because of an ankle injury, including five games when he was on injured reserve. But according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, Williams looked great in practice and, quote, he's running back to how he was when he first got here, end quote. Yet at the same time, we've heard the general manager, we've heard Kingsbury talk about upgrading or at least looking at that position. And also the director of player personnel, Drew Grigson, this offseason on the Big Red Rage addressed the
1: it's something that we still need to improve there's no doubt about it we know what uh what we have with Max Williams we have a a solid vet I's going to be very good in the run game he's he's going to do his thing in the passing game Darrell Daniels is we know him well and we know what we're going to get with him but then it's young and inexperienced we signed two obviously in free agency with uh Carrie Angeline uh who is a USC transfer went to North Carolina State very uh, tall long very good in the passing game athletic and then Bruno LaBelle, who is almost his exact opposite. He's a big body, 6'4", 250-pound kid who's really, really good in the running game.
2: He is, I think, intriguing to a lot of people just for no other reason than his story. Allocated through the league's international player pathway program, 23 years old, from Vienna, Austria, 6'5", 262 pounds. train he certainly looks the part. The question is, can he play the part?
4: Yeah, that's going to be the biggest question, and, and will they be able to get him the reps that he needs to be that viable option? I think the practice squad is probably going to be the best route for him year, You know, in this first season, and then once they're able to, to uh, cultivate him and, and, and coach him up, then he could see uh, a huge jump in productivity from now and into maybe next season. It's going to be tough because this team is in a win-now mode. They're in a very difficult division, and, and you need all hands on deck right now. So not sure what he's going to be able to give them this year, but I think if given the right opportunities and the right coaching for a substantial time, like a year, then I think you could really see him really blossoming to, to being a, a a great weapon for this Cardinals offense.
3: He's wearing number 43. I mean, obviously not the same size as Hassan Reddick, a little bit shorter, even though Reddick was able to get to the quarterback. You know, he's fluid in his route running. He's fluid when he catches the ball. I mean, again, I mean, the fact that he's been on campus here for, what, a couple months now, but I mean, it's not like he's out there catching the ball with his chest. His routes are crisp. He knows when he catches the ball, you know, put get it to your body and then run up the field. So, again, there's a long ways to go. We need to see him in real action when the game, you know, and the bullets are flying a little bit, but... Again, they're going to have 16 guys in the practice squad. i got to assume they're going to try to load up at certain positions, and based on right now only two starters, I think they'll add one. They could slot a couple of these guys, including Psychovits there.
2: During his appearance on the Big Red Rage, Gregson did comment on Sykovitz, You know he's picking up things very well. He's not swimming in the information that he's been given, and Sykovitz even mentioned that the transition has been pretty smooth. Although he was quick to point out during a appearance himself on the Big Red Rage that this they're we're, they're not going full speed. There's no contact, so he still hasn't experienced. NFL life just yet but he is certainly someone that I think fans would love to see more of and certainly love to hear more of and how about we hear some from Psycho and yes that is his nickname that is something that was not bestowed upon him by Ron Wolfley and others he likes to be called Psycho and I do think it fits Bernhard Psychovitz though speaking of Ron Wolfley well there was a little uh, a question asked of Wolf as far as trying to learn some German from Psychovitz
0: How do you say, I'm going to kick your butt in German? How how do you say that? Do you know how to do that, psycho? I mean,
4: (laughs) yeah, it would be, Ich trete
0: dir
1: in den Arsch.
0: I don't know what you said, but
1: I like the Arsch. Yeah, well, it sounds like you just changed one letter at the end of that, that three letter word.
2: The more you hear him be trained, the more you just fall in love with him. And those are the types of players that you just you root for because this is, this is a brand new world for him, literally. I mean, the other side of the world from where he grew up and spent the majority of his career, now he's trying to do something that, uh, well, it's, it's not easy, first and foremost, and uh, it's not even easy for those that do play the sport in college and then make the jump to the NFL. And now here he comes from another country.
4: Kind of makes you long for the days of NFL Europe back in the day. He would have been a prime candidate to really excel in that league, and, uh, but he's got all the personality that you want. He's got a great attitude, and everybody has spoken highly of him that he's a worker and, and that he's uh, doing the things that he needs to do to get better. So, how do you not root for a guy that that uh, is 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 fresh to this and 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 willing to put himself out there and and be a good sport about it? That that's that's all you want from your, your athletes, and, and if he's accessible and a guy that doesn't bring any uh, harm or, or bad name or reputation to the to the organization or to himself, uh, why wouldn't you root for him?
3: Maybe that third preseason game, Chris Stravler to Sykovitz for a touchdown.
2: I can see that. I can see Dave Pash having some fun with that on the broadcast with one Ron Wolfley. That'll be a lot of fun. By the way, the other uh, option at tight end, about J.J. Watts a name that's been tossed around a little bit. He's got a couple of touchdowns in his career. It's been a long while, but there's another option for you, MJ. B-Train, you know, throw him out there, see what happens. Who knows?
3: Well, if I got A.J.
2: Green and DeAndre
3: Hopkins, uh, those are better options, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, probably a long shot. But, uh, hey, you know what? Trick play. We'll keep our eyes open. Hey, subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
1: over the middle, caught by Sims at the 45 and dumped immediately by Murphy. Job right there, Byron Murphy and man cover. Byron Murphy really growing. Throws it. End zone near side, broken up by Murphy. Was there against Taylor. Byron Murphy one on one in the back of the end zone. Made a play on the ball. Here it is. Fourth and five for the Niners on the 16 of the Cardinals. Garoppolo to pass. Throws to the right side. Incomplete. Murphy steps in front of the receiver and knocks the ball down. The Cardinals take over on downs with 33 seconds to go. Byron Murphy makes a play on the pig. Oh, that is big time. What a play by Byron Murphy.
2: A team high tying eight passes defense including game winner at San Francisco and against the Eagles. Byron Murphy entering year three already the veteran in that cornerback's room at least as far as cornerbacks who have worn the Arizona Cardinals uniform. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riel, Mike Jarecki and Bertram Berry talking about Murphy now being that go-to guy at cornerback. Before we get into the discussion, I do think it's important to hear from well basically the opinion of the one man that really counts and that is defensive coordinator vance joseph and i'll give you credit mj because it was a question that you asked during minicamp about the cornerback position you bring in a malcolm butler you draft two in marco wilson and tay gowan yet it was someone else that coach joseph brought up first and foremost and it was byron murphy I think it starts with Murphy. You know, I mean, he's been the
1: mainstay for three years, but he's played a lot of snaps, and you can see his growth. He's so much more comfortable. He's grown into his body. He's working. He knows the system. Um, He can be a special player for us, and he can be one of our better players on defense.
2: We know he can play both outside corner and inside in the slots be trained, but to hear Coach Joseph Marvel, I wouldn't say Marvel, but just speak so highly of Byron Murphy, where you have a Malcolm Butler and a Robert Alford and you add Darquez Denard, I think people are starting to discuss maybe Byron Murphy being that number one corner who never leaves the field, whether he's playing outside or inside.
4: It's time. It's time for him to step up. It's time for him to show that he can be that shutdown corner. And I know he's talked about being comfortable playing in the slot in years past, but at some point you've got to grow out of that. You've got to, you've got to, uh, you know, let them drop a little bit, so to speak. And, and you've got to put yourself out there and you can't always be protected. And sometimes it's not going to go your way. You're playing against some of the best athletes in the world and you're not going to always be successful. And and we know that a cornerback's mistakes usually end up in touchdowns. So you get exposed a little bit more than maybe other positions mistakes but you've, you've chosen that position, and you understand what comes with that. So you, you've you got to go out there, and you've got to be that, that man and be the guy that the defense can lean on and, and be able to uh, handle your responsibilities and make sure that uh, they don't worry about that particular receiver, whoever you're covering on that particular play.
3: You know, we hear, well, what's the Cardinals' base defense? You know, two two corners. Well, teams are running 11 personnel, 67 to 70% of the time. Now, he can play inside or outside, but if he is your number one receiver, but we know that in the, covering the slot receiver is just as important to cover the second receiver, he's played 1,900 snaps in
2: two years. And I think, though, if the Titans for... Argument's sake, week one, they come out with just two wide receivers, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Well, one of those corners is going to be Byron Murphy, and the question is, all right, who's the other guy? Is it Butler or is it Alford? I think that's, that's what I got out of hearing from Vance Joseph, that no matter what the opposing offense does – Byron Murphy is going to be on the football field.
3: And again, I mean Butler's really good against the, uh, you know, uh, the press coverage. He's really good at tackling. He had 100 tackles now. A lot of those came in the secondary, but he's up for run support. Robert Alford is really physical at the line of scrimmage, so it's a good dilemma to have. If he is your number one corner in the future, then it's it's time probably to move him to the outside, and maybe this isn't the year. Butler's under contract for one year. Alford's under contract for one year. Murphy's still on his rookie deal. Now, it's interesting, though, if you do have some injuries, they got Chase Whitaker there, and uh, Marco Wilson can also play inside. So, again, maybe you don't want to rely on some young guys. But if he truly is your number one corner, maybe he should be on the outside. Again, I think they have the right players right now, Butler and Alford, so maybe keep them in the
2: slot. Let's go back two seasons, B-Train, because the plan was for Alford to kind of be that third corner behind Patrick Peterson and Robert Alford. Peterson gets suspended, Alford gets hurt, and all of a sudden – As a rookie, he is talking about Byron Murphy going up against number 1 wide receivers. And I think, at least from my vantage point, that might have been the best thing that happened to this young man's career as far as being thrown into the fire and really not having a lot of time to think, just basically going out there and learning on the job, so to speak.
4: That's the only way to do it is trial by fire. You're not going to be able to ease your way into the NFL. You're talking about the best athletes, some of the most competitive athletes in the entire world. And you, you can't be you can't be hidden. They they can't bring you along slowly. When you're drafted that high, they have high expectations for you. And I think it was the best thing that happened for him. And and now he understands that he's going to have to be that guy. It's going to take an even bigger leap as far as productivity is concerned. And and details. He's got to pay attention to those details, the footwork, the hand placement, all those different things. And and knowing how. Opposing offenses and opposing quarterbacks and receivers want to attack you. you got to be self-aware. You've got to do a lot of watching film of himself, not just watching the other guys because as long as he can master what he's doing right, it, it it's is gonna it's not going to matter as much what those other guys do. If you just hone in on your own technique and, and, and do what you're uh, taught to do, then those other guys are just going to be at your mercy. So th- this is that year that Byron Murphy needs to take that next step and, and become one of the top corners in the entire
2: NFL. And by no means does Murphy believe he's a finished product, MJ. When Murphy did address the media, he talked about how much he's looking forward to learning from a Malcolm Butler, someone who has played in big games for big-time teams, and kind of see if he can learn some more tricks of the trade.
3: And one of the other things he said, he's more comfortable and confident, and that can go a long way. You can play a lot faster when you're thinking... You can't react the
2: same way. Again, let's go back to how we started this week's Cardinals Red Sea Report. We're getting anxious. We want to see this team in action with our own eyes, and it will be here sooner than we think. It is certainly a month away, but, uh, hey, time does fly by. And B-Train, on that note, uh, you enjoy your 4th of July and uh, cook up some barbecue for us here on Cardinals Red Sea Report.
4: Yeah, I'll do that. You just got you make your way over there and, and just make sure we don't have any shoes on. You know, no shoes. That's weekend. right. You know, that's I'll right.
2: <laughs> it is a holiday weekend, a no shoes weekend. Special thanks behind the scenes, Jim Omohundro, Cody Fincher. For Mike Jarecki, Bertram Berry, I'm Craig Riola. We'll talk to you in one week's time. This is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the
0: Cardinals Red Sea Report.
1: Middle of the field to the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby.
0: The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown.
2: Cardinals win.
0: This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. (laughs)